Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be for when the people were counted, Indeed, not one of the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead was there. So the congregation sent out there 12,000 of their most valiant men and commanded them, saying, Go and strike the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead with the edge of the sword, including the women and children. And this is the thing that you shall do. You shall utterly destroy every male and every woman who has known a man intimately. So they found among the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead 400 young virgins who had not known a man intimately, and they brought them to the camp at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan. Okay, so they have a whole tribe here of Benjamin about to become extinct. They're going to be gone. All you got is men. (laughs) 600 guys. You can't continue a tribe just with guys. And the first thing they do is run off in anger. You're trying to save a tribe, and the first thing they do is they run off in anger and wipe out even more people. we got to save these people. Well, let's go kill that group over there. I'm, I'm not seeing the logic in this. You know, when you're angry and you're mad, I'm not letting them have my girls as wives, and you're just mad and you're pagan brainwashed, like, I'm sorry, America is getting, is has already, you make dumb decisions. It doesn't add up. They're so mad. They're so angry. They are so pagan infected that they're just reacting, 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 reacting out of distress. And so they go kill people, the people of Jabesh Gilead, everyone except women who had never known a man intimately. Now, why do you think they spared the unmarried women? Why do you think? Because they're trying to solve the problem of getting these 600 Benjamite men a way to continue their line. Oh, let's go wipe these people out. But save those girls, that, that, that'll, that'll fix this problem over here, won't it? They're doing what they think is right in their own eyes, trying to fix a problem that they should have consulted with God about first. They think they're doing the right thing by fulfilling a rash vow by killing all those who did not attend the meeting at Mizpah. Israel's trying to, basically, Israel is trying to remedy one problem at the expense of creating another one. You ever do that? I do it. I have done it. And that's when I realize I got to stop and get back right with my Lord and ask the Lord God, what am I, what, what did I just do? Lord, help me. Uh, and if you look back over your past decision history, you're thinking, man, I did a lot of things and made it a whole lot worse. It would have saved me a lot of trouble if I'd asked him. Things are getting out of control here. So they kill the people, and they take 400 unmarried women back. Excuse me, how many men were there survived of Benjamin? 600. They brought back how many? 400. That doesn't really take care of the whole problem, does it? Because you got 200 guys out. 
Judges 21 and 13. Then the whole congregation sent word to the children of Benjamin who were at the rock of Rimon and announced peace to them. So Benjamin came back at that time, and they gave them the women whom they had saved alive of the women of Jabesh-Gilead, and yet they had not found enough for them. And the people grieved for Benjamin, because the Lord had made a void in the tribes of Israel. So, Israel's best attempts are not good enough, are they? You're short. (laughs) You ever try your best and do something, and it wasn't good enough? And you even get down on yourself, well, I'm just not good enough. Well, good, I'm, it's about time you realize that. No, you're not. You're not good enough. Stop trying to claw your way into being good enough. You never will be. That's why we need our Savior. That's why we need the counsel of our Lord God. Well, they're trying to fix a problem here that just keeps getting worse and worse because 400 women is not enough for 600 men. 200 men are still without wives. And not to mention the reason they got these women is because they went and killed a bunch of people to do it. They are doing all this damage and things still are not quite turning out right. Judges 21 and 16. Then the elders of the congregation said, What shall we do for wives for those who remain, since the women of Benjamin have been destroyed? And they said, There must be an inheritance for the survivors of Benjamin that a tribe may not be destroyed from Israel. However, we cannot give them wives from our our daughters, for the children of Israel have sworn an oath, saying, Cursed be the one who gives a wife to Benjamin. Then they said, In fact, there is a yearly feast of the Lord in Shiloh, which is north of Bethel on the east side of the highway that goes up from Bethel to Shechem and south of Lebanon. Therefore, They instructed the children of Benjamin, saying, Go, lie in wait in the vineyards, and watch. And just when the daughters of Shiloh come out to perform their dances, then come out from the vineyards, and every man catch a wife for himself from the daughters of Shiloh, then go to the land of Benjamin. That's good. Go go sneak around in the grass. And when they come out, grab your woman and go home with her. I don't like that. That's stealing. That's theft. It's uh, not proper. But this plan here is what you call a loophole. This is a loophole. They found a back door in their rash oath. They can't give their women to Benjamin, but they've made no oath saying about women being taken. You see what's going on? We can't give them. Nothing says anything about you taking them. <laughs> so, Benjamin, go lie in wait, and when they come out and dance, grab your woman and go home with her. Um, no. This rash oath is getting worse, and now they're trying to tweak it and loophole it and find the little ins and outs, and we'll figure this out where we're not guilty. No, uh, no. This is, guys, this is what your best will do. Without counsel of the Lord, without inquiry from the Lord, without inquiring of Him and getting your heart right before the Lord and trying to fix your own problems, this is what it looks like. It gets worse all the time. Go grab a woman, but of all things, at a feast celebration to the Lord of all things. That's not the... If they said, hang out on the highway and grab one, but I mean, this is a feast to the Lord, they're going to do this. That's not good. Grab a wife. 
Now, I have a major problem with this here for obvious reasons. <laughs> I've already explained that. And I can tell how some of y'all are reacting to this story. You wouldn't, you're not taking too kindly to it either. Because what if it was somebody in your family that was taken like this? You got to think for a second. Go grab a wife. Go, go, go take her and do what you want with her. Isn't this how the original war started up in the first place? You remember? That's how the whole thing started in the first place with the Levite's wife. Now they're doing it. And it ain't just with one, it's with how many? 200. A whole war started up because a woman was taken. Now, she was raped and murdered, but the spark that started this whole mess in the first place was that some men stole a woman. And here's the Israelites, the very people who were infuriated by this act, telling the tribe that did it to go and do it again. Go get you 200 more. That gets us out of the guilt of our oath that we made. Guys, when you try to do things your way and you don't inquire of the Lord, it gets really bad. And you end up doing the very things that you can't stand other people that did themselves. Oh, my God. Are you convinced now that Israel did not inquire of the Lord about this? I know it wasn't in the text, but I wanted to show you they didn't ask because they're not doing. It's pretty clear now that they did not inquire. They think they're doing the right thing. We're keeping a vow. We're keeping an oath. Well, that looks all nice and noble, doesn't it? But look at what they're having to do to make this rash oath. God would never make you take an oath that would cause you to do things like this. They are stuck in this pattern that to them, they think they're doing what's right. But they are blind to the fact that they have just amplified the very problem that started this whole thing in the first place. Now, if you have the gall to steal women, it's obvious that they're going to have family coming to look for them. Well, they've got another uncounseled plan for that too. <laughs> in Judges 21 and 22, it says, Then it shall be when their fathers or their brothers come to us to complain that we will say to them, be kind to them for our sakes, because we did not take a wife for any of them in the war. For it is not as though you have given the women to them at this time, making yourselves guilty of your oath. <laughs> There's the loophole. They're saying it's not like you gave the women and broke your oath. It's not like you gave the women. See, you get to still keep your oath that you're never going to give them because they were taken. We did this to keep you unguilty. So anybody that comes looking for their girls, they're going to say, no, 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 we're protecting you from your oath. We're trying to keep you innocent here. That's why we did this. Guys, I'm sorry, this is just snake in the grass tactics. That's all it is. Basically, they devised a plan that when their families came to get them back, we just say that Benjamin will die out if we don't do this. So you're not guilty of your oath either. So just let it go. Benjamin gets to survive and you're not guilty of your oath. Well, how do you think the poor girl feels about this? Just got snatched out of her family. Here, take this guy that just grabbed you. You're with him now. Oh, my gosh. We found a way, they're thinking, for all tribes to remain without making you guilty of breaking your oath. Now, you can imagine any family that hears this new 
loophole explained to them to try to get their girls back. And then hearing this, they're going to feel rather threatened, aren't they? They're not going to push the issue. Because after seeing so much blood that has been spilled over this, this would cause their families to just back off. They're like, I think this is something I shouldn't push. A lot of people have been getting killed over this. And now they're telling me, we did this to cover you. This is for Benjamin. Leave it alone. I think they would back up. It's, it's a threat almost. How would you like to be in that position? They're stolen away and there's nothing you can do about it because you're afraid they'll draw the sword on you. This is absolutely terrible. Judges 21 and 23. And the children of Benjamin did so. They took enough wives for their number from those who danced, whom they caught. Then they went and returned to their inheritance, and they rebuilt the cities and dwelt in them. So the children of Israel departed from there at that time, every man to his tribe and family. They went out from there, every man to his inheritance. I can't read minds. That's pretty obvious. But I do know maybe what you might be thinking right now. You're thinking, this is one messed up story. And yes, you would be right. It is. It is a messed up story. And if you're thinking, I just can't believe it turned out like this, then realize that's all the more reason for us to understand the closing statement of the book of Judges that is a theme that we have already seen three times before. Judges 21 and 25 says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That's the end of Judges. And it finishes with reminding us for now the fourth time. Everybody did what they thought was right. There was no king in Israel. This one statement here sums up the entire chapter as well as the entire book of Judges. We human beings are sinners who are subject to moral decay and lawlessness. And if we don't get right with the Lord and consult with Him first, then even at our very best, even if we're trying to do what we think is right, we'll only make things worse. We are fallen beings, and we cannot do things right without counsel. In the book of Judges, we have seen Israel suffer repeatedly god's people suffer repeatedly under the oppression of many enemies and it started to it it affected their thinking and it affected their habits because they adopted a lot of pagan traits that caused them to sin but we also saw god's grace and his mercy repeatedly demonstrated as he sent them many deliverers for the people to turn back to him in repentance and get right with him. Now, the closing of Judges marks a very dark period in Israel's history. It's a very dark time, but this dark period in their history would soon lead to their demand to have a king, to have an Israelite king. And this demand for a king would bring more trouble through King Saul who himself was a Benjamite, but would bring deliverance later, God would bring deliverance later through King David of the tribe of Judah. And yet, both of these kings still would show us the need for a perfect king, our coming king, Messiah Jesus, the king of Israel. 
And so here at the end of Judges, in chapters 20 and 21, for our application, Israel asked God's direction without asking forgiveness, and they lost to the Benjamites in the last chapter. But now in chapter 21, it was the other way around. They were hurt. They were asking forgiveness because it was evident in the offerings that they gave, but they did not ask for direction. First, they asked for direction and not forgiveness. Now they're asking forgiveness and not direction. And so they acted according to their own viewpoint of righteousness because they did not have God's counsel because they didn't ask for it. So how about when we get right before God, we also consult Him for the way forward? Put those two together. Again, a job done halfway doesn't get done right at all. You've got to have it all. Ask God for the way forward and get your heart right and confess in offerings too. That's the formula for victory. If anything, this should show us that when we act according to what we think is right in our own eyes, without the Lord's go-ahead, it makes things worse. Makes everything worse. And so I'm going to ask a question. The plans that you're making and the plans that you're acting on right now, did you inquire of the Lord first? And when you inquired, was your heart right with Him and at peace with Him when you asked? Israel had to get right before God. Remember, before they could beat the Benjamites in that war, in that battle, they had to get right, they had to confess, and they had to ask His counsel. But here in this story here, Israel's heart was driven by anger, by worry, frustration, and anxiety. They were still mad at the Benjamites. They were still hanging on to that vow. We'll never let you have our girls. And because they were running according to those bad emotions, they did too many things that demonstrate a heart that needs to be at peace and to listen patiently to God. That's hard to do sometimes. Get in the quiet. Get in the peace and say, Lord, I cast all my anxieties, my worry on you. And listen and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Instead of worrying about what that other guy did, oh, those Benjamites, or oh, that guy down the street from me, or oh, that guy I'm mad at, how about just me, Lord God, I'm a sinner. And get your heart right with God and then inquire, and you'll receive instruction from the Lord on how to go about the right way, and then you won't make a mess out of your life. Proverbs 19 and 21 says, There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. Praise God for that, that we have the Lord's counsel. Father God, I come before you, Lord. Lord, I want to pray for our, us. Pray for me. I'm going to pray for me, for our anxieties, for our plans, for the worry and the pain and the fear like Israel was experiencing. Lord, that we don't act based on those that we act based on your peace. Lord God, I pray for the peace. We prayed for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, I now pray for the peace of this congregation and my own, that we get right with you, that we don't act until we first realize we have sinned and made the whole mess in the first place. Because if we don't confess that sin, Lord, we will be guilty of doing it again hundreds of times over. One woman was taken, and now 600 
they compounded the problem hundreds of times over. Lord, I don't want to compound my problems hundreds of times over. And so, Lord, I have to release this strain. I have to release my angst and my pressure and confess to you that I am a sinner. And then in that peace, Lord, I inquire, what do I do? I can't figure it out. Lord, what do I do? And thank you for your answer. Lord, I ask you um, to lead your people. Lead your people here as we confess our sin. As we confess our sin and get right with you, lead us. And we want to get into rightness with you. Father, forgive us for we have messed up. We have taken little problems and made them worse because we tried to do it our way. Lord, today I hit the pause button and I stop and I lay it down and I get my hands off of it. Lord, that's why praise has hands lifted up that have nothing in it. It is the international sign of surrender. I have no weapons or tools to fight back with you with in my hands. My hands are empty. And so, Lord, with empty hands raised, I ask you to forgive me. And now I look for your counsel. I inquire of you, Lord. My life and the life of people here, what do we do now? Lord, we got problems, we got situations that we don't know what to do about. Lord, you have the answer. Show us. Lead us. Your counsel will stand. I thank you, Lord God, for this book. We have completed the book of Judges, Lord. We have seen what happens when we do things according to our own ways, when there was no king in Israel. Jesus, you are king in my heart. I have a king. I have a standard to follow. I have given you dominion of my life. Show me what to do so that I will stop doing it my own way. Lord, I'm tired of messing up my own life. That's why I call you Savior, because you have pulled me out of my mess, out of my sin. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying on the cross in my place, something I never could have done on my own and fixed myself. You fixed. And so thank you. I give you my life. I ask you to continue leading and showing me. Lord, when I get distracted, when I get off the, off the side, show me. Throw red flags at my face. Show me that I'm off. Lord, I can't react out of this emotional unrest. That's when bad decisions happen. Lord, forgive me and show me how to get at peace with you and right with you. And I inquire, and I know you'll give me the victory that's already been won. It's already mine for the taking. I pray that over myself, Lord God. I pray that over everyone in the congregation. I pray everyone who's hearing my voice right now, today is the day to surrender it up and get rid of it. Get your hands off of it. Give it to God. Let Him take over. We give it to you, Lord God. Somebody hearing me for the first time right now realized I got to give it to Him. Yes, let Him deal with it, and He'll show you what to do. We thank you. For those who have been blessed by this message today, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.